0: Dr. Oz is running for Senate, and I have a behind the scenes take. Airline CEOs are conflicted on masks on planes, and the Build Back Better plan is now dead, and the Dems are pivoting to quote unquote voting rights instead. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Problematics, problematics. We are back. This is this week's Friday episode. We got a lot to talk about today. Um, You know, I wanted to start by, you know, I gave you guys a little rundown of exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And I hope that you guys are into it because moving forward, um, that's probably what we're going to do. So I'm in New York City right now. And the the life of a New York City media person is, is very strange. It's definitely different. Um, for my life than when I'm in Florida. But today, um, I got a chance to attend a private event in New York City um, for Dr. Oz. Now, if you don't know who Dr. Oz is, he's um, a huge, huge star, um, multiple TV shows, you know, Oprah put him on, like Friends with Oprah, like that whole thing. Um, and so now um, he's running for Senate. He's running for Senate in Pennsylvania. And I was able to go to a private event with him today with um, John Castamides, which is, you know, he's a very big Republican power broker here in New York City. He co-founded a uh, local grocery chain called uh, Gristides. Um, his daughter, um, AJ, who I'm friends with, she invited me to this event. And I decided, you know, why not? Why not go hear him out? see See what he has to say. Um, and I have to tell you, it's not like I was some big uh Dr. Oz super fan before I was aware that he's a celebrity. I was aware that you know he did the shows and has the Oprah thing, and you know gajillions of dollars, but I wasn't um that aware of his career, or followed him or anything like that um and you know, I'm pretty skeptical of celebrities running for office, and this is why um I'm generally skeptical of celebrities running for office generally when celebrities run for office, it's because. They've already, and, and this is true, honestly, I think of a lot of people who decide to run for office in general. It's like they have all the money and they have all the fl- fame and they have all the clout and they have, have all of that stuff. And so the only thing that's left for some of these people is power, right? So I'm very skeptical of celebrities running for office for that reason, because it's like, okay, this guy's probably got like a, you know, a $15 million house. He's been on TV for decades. You know, he's friends with Oprah, like Oprah's in his phone. So for somebody like this, what else would he want besides power? Like that's all, all of these people want, but I have to tell you guys, after spending about um, two hours, just listening to him speak and listening to what he has to say and literally being, um, you know, basically face-to-face, and if you guys follow me on Instagram, um, I shared a lot of that stuff um, in my stories. I have to tell you guys, after spending two hours with him today and listening to him, number one, not only talk about why he's running for Senate, but to also... Really answer some tough questions and do them um, eloquently and with compassion. I have to tell you that he won me over. And I have to say, first of all, guys, this is not a hashtag ad. I'm not on the campaign team. I'm not being paid PR dollars from uh, Dr. Oz's coffers to, to say this as an influencer or anything like that. Um, I, this is what I honestly think. So I'm, I'm talking to you guys out of my own volition. And if you guys ever hear an ad on here, if you ever guys if you guys ever hear me do an ad read or something like that, you will know that it's an ad read. Um this is not um an ad. I'm not on the campaign show for Dr. Oz. And he made a couple of points, and I think the most important points that he made today was Um, He talked a lot about, you know, things that cannot be said and a lot about common sense Republicans and Democrats that I think is going to resonate with a lot of people. I think that we are really moving into an era now where people are tired of being told what they can and cannot say, what they can and cannot think. Um, People are tired of the Thought Patrol and the Thought Police basically controlling everything that we say. And a lot of these things are just common sense stuff. Now, about this Senate race in Pennsylvania, I remember Sean Parnell, um, the veteran, military veteran who ran, and was actually endorsed by Trump, but he pulled out, there was um, some family drama and some accusations that were levied by um, his ex-wife in a custody battle, right? So all that stuff was going on. So he pulled out, um, and now Dr. Oz is in. And I'm going to get a little bit into you know, what he had to say in a little bit, but it is very predictable to me. And he brought this up in the conversation today. So this is Dr. Oz. This is somebody that was um, in liberal Hollywood. These people loved him. You know, he did The Tonight Show. He did The View. You know, they love you when you're a wealthy and famous Hollywood celebrity. Um, And if you either go full-on liberal crazy, i.e. Whoopi Goldberg or Joy Behar, or if you are just one of these people who just toes the line and doesn't really say anything about politics and— you know, you allow people to make the assumption that you are just as liberal as everybody else, then these people will love you. And so now the same liberals that loved Dr. Oz when he was just a rich and famous Hollywood celebrity hate him now. Now he's crazy. Now he's wacky, quack Dr. Oz. Oh, and he's a Republican and he's absolutely insane. And he's running with the Republican crazies, all this stuff. Like, this is what these people do. And it's so predictable. And he made a point about this. um, And he shared a really interesting antidote that I thought was brilliant. So he talks about how he's been married 36 years. And he talks about going on, you know, his honeymoon with his wife. And so he he sticks his 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 finger with his with his wedding ring in the sand. And then all of a sudden it gets scratched. And he's like, oh crap, you know, I just had this for a day and it's already scratched. And why do I know all these people that have been married for 20, 30 years and their um their wedding rings are just shiny and pristine. And then he made the point that these rings aren't shiny and pristine. It has just been scratched so much that it's it's almost buffed out and it's shiny now, right? Because it's been scratched so much. And so he used that anecdote to talk about what it is like getting into politics as a public figure. And he said, you know... The stuff that I'm hearing from Jimmy Kimmel, the stuff that I'm hearing from the people in The View or anything like that, that stuff doesn't even bother me anymore because, number one, I know exactly what it is. And, number two, um, they've done everything that they already can to destroy me at this point. So, you know, he's like the, proverb- the proverbial ring with-, with all the scratches on it. And he made this point about things that cannot be said. And I think that this is the situation that we're all in, you know, right now, uh, problematics, you know, whether – you know, you're on the right or on the left. We are just in this situation in society where we just cannot speak common sense anymore. And there are just some things that cannot be said. And he made a very good point when it comes to um the COVID pandemic. Um and when it comes to remember ivermectin and, and how, you know, that stuff has been politicized. And now the HCQ, the hydroxychloroquine, and now, you know, that was politicized. And he made a very good point that now when medicine becomes political, it is now politics. And I thought that that was very interesting because a lot of, and, and he went into a lot of the things that, you know, he's seen as a doctor, he's seen in the things that he was saying. If you're not tuned into your body or if you're not tuned into physical fitness or you're not thinking about any of these things, these things that he's saying are going to sound wacky, right? Because he said things about, you know, he would tell people that are going into surgery or anything like that, do things to increase your mental fitness, do yoga, do all of these different things, right? This stuff is going to make your body stronger, it's going to make your mind clearer, Um, And you're going to be able to deal with the pain and the complications of these surgeries. These are things that he said. Um, Now, whether all of this stuff is true and pans out, who knows? But I did not get the sense after spending three and a half hours with him today that he was just, you know, some right wing lunatic or some right wing nut job. And he made an, an also a very important point as well. And this is how I think a lot of common sense Republicans are going to end up winning against the left, is he said, and there was a Democrat in the room, a Democrat uh, city councilman, actually, that is terming out, and this person is not going to continue. Um, And this person was saying, and Dr. Oz was agreeing, that the Democrats in the left, they do not have a message of prosperity anymore. So, there's no message of prosperity that's coming from the left. There's no message of entrepreneurship. There's no message of home ownership. And this person that was a Democrat or that is turning out as a Democrat on the city council, he's, a, I guess we would call him a blue dog Democrat now. He said, number one, the person that is replacing him walked right up to him and said, trans rights are the next big civil rights struggle. You know, so, you know, they're being taken over by the far left. And then he looks over to Rudy Giuliani, former mayor Rudy Giuliani, that was at the table. And he says, there was more Black home ownership when you were mayor than there is right now. He's absolutely true. And so these things are falling apart because the Democrats do not have a message of ownership. They do not have a message of prosperity. In fact, they don't want people to own any. They don't want anybody to own anything. This is um, how the communists and the socialists of the left um, have allowed that message to get in. And so... They're telling people to be resentful and to be envious of the rich, be envious of those who own property, be envious of, you see, like we're saying, uh, like what's happening this week with Elon Musk and Elizabeth Warren going on a Twitter feed. I'm not going to do a segment on it. But when you look at the message that is coming from the left, particularly from somebody like Elizabeth Warren, who already has her millions of dollars, right? She already has hers. The message is always, it is not that we can be prosperous as Americans and the people that are talking to It's not that you can be prosperous. It's not that you can be an entrepreneur. It's not that you can someday maybe build what what Elon Musk has built. It is that these people that have done these great things and that have built these great things are not paying their fair share. So it is their fault that you are not doing well. It is their fault that you are poor. It is their fault that you do not own anything. And it's not from crap Democrat policies that that um, flooded the economy with trillions of dollars of monopoly money. And so now we're dealing with rampant inflation. So I think Dr. Oz made a really good point about that. And he made a really good point talking about jobs. And he went into so many different things about, I mean, you know, he talked about the pipeline. He talked about coal. He talked about all of these sort of meat and potatoes issues that are really important. And so I got to tell you, Problematics, Um, I think he's going to do well. I think he's going to do very well. It is – the stuff that he is saying is common sense. He's not a quack. He's not a crazy person. He doesn't have any family drama that's going to get in his way. Of course, he's going to be attacked and smeared by the left and the liberal Hollywood elites because this is just what they do. And if you know uh, Dr. Oz, I'll wrap up with this. You guys know that he has the Oprah connection, and he said this. Um, he said that he personally asked Oprah to stay out of it, to not say anything pro or con as a friend. So you're not going to hear any endorsements from Oprah. You're not going to hear anything. And, and you know, Oprah knows. And he probably talked to her about this. She knows that if she came out in support of him as a Republican, um, she will be destroyed by all of the people that have spent the last 30 years, you know, building her up to what is. like. She knows that these people know these things. Um. These people are not stupid. So I think Dr. Oz has a lot of potential. I was very, very, very deeply impressed with his demeanor, with the way he articulated his message, and what his messaging is. And final thought. I asked him. I asked him directly, and I wish I would have recorded this, but I didn't. I asked him directly about this situation that's going on with this transgender swimmer at UPenn that is now um, newly transgender, breaking every single record that has ever been set by a woman, you know, at, at, at UPenn right now, and that's a, a big issue right now. And his answer was fact-based. It was based in biology and science, but it was also very compassionate. And I think that this stuff is going to bode well for his future on the campaign trail. I am very impressed Problematics with Dr. Oz. I would encourage you to check him out. I would encourage you to really listen um, to the things that he's saying, because I think that we need more like him on our side. Next up, even the airline CEOs can agree on whether or not it's time to get rid of masks on planes. I'll fill you in after the break.
1: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void reward're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: All right, Problematic. So look, flying is absolutely awful. Flying has always been awful, believe it or not. But it has gotten even worse after the pandemic. Uh, I will tell you, I fly a lot. I, I feel like I live... Um I live in these airports i'm always going places and what was bad before covid is now just awful because not only do you have all the people, not only do you have the covid cult maniacs who are wiping down the seat and everything with you know the um the bacterial wipes you have um these Flight attendants that bother you if your mask slips down, you know, uh, under your nose while you're sleeping. So you have to deal with all this crap. All right. It is just terrible. I think that everybody is more than ready for us to get rid of these masks on planes, but it is just not happening. Right. So I came across this story. And so this is basically um, airline CEOs um, were testifying, you know, in Capitol Hill, Washington, about the fifty four million dollars their industry received from the federal government through the payroll support program to, quote unquote, stay afloat during the COVID-19 pandemic. It, this is a, a hearing in front of the, the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science and Transportation. And first of all. If I'm not mistaken, um Airlines never stopped working. Flights never stopped happening. Uh, I never stopped flying anywhere during this whole thing. So I'm very curious as to why they needed $54 billion. I have not seen airline prices really drop all that much. As a matter of fact, when people started traveling again, now they seem more expensive than ever. But anyway, um, so this is according to Washington Post report, and I have um, some audio that I want to play for you. So there's a senator Roger Wicker, this is a Republican um from Mississippi, at some point asked American Airlines CEO, um the United Airlines CEO and Southwest Airlines CEO if they feel like masks are still needed on flights. And I want to play to you this is um the CEO of Southwest Airlines. This is what he had to say.
3: I think the case uh is very strong that uh Mask don't add much, if anything, uh, in the uh, air cabin environment. It's very safe and very high quality comp- compared to uh, uh,
2: any other indoor setting. Mr. Parker, uh,
0: I, I concur. The, air, the aircraft is the safest place you can be. So, so these were these, you know, two airline CEOs, right? And so now, of course, um, and I'm playing you, you know, a clip from uh, from CNN. And so, of course, the powers that be, and mind you, right now, we are heading into a whole new wave of COVID insanity because now we've got the Omicron variant, right? Um, And so now everybody's freaking out about this problematic. I'm coming to you from New York city right now. It is, it's just a different world here. It is inside. Like, these people are maniacs. They walk around with masks on outside in the free air. Now in New York city, because of, you know, the insane governor Hochul. Now, if, you are in and out of um, any place that does not require the VAX cards, right? So if you're going shopping, like, like I was in Saks Fifth Avenue earlier today, um, I went to the boss store, stuff like that. So now the masks are back. in you know, just regular, um, you know, if you're going shopping, if you're going to the grocery store, uh, if you're going to a drugstore. So now we're in an entirely new realm of, of COVID craziness. And this COVID insanity, and I have to tell you guys, This COVID insanity seems to exist nowhere but the far-left, dim-controlled cities. Being in New York City is like being on a different planet right now. I'm telling you, they are still COVID crazy. I walk around these streets, and I literally cannot believe that people are still doing this. But anyway, the COVID cult... Um, wants masks on planes forever. The COVID cult wants masks on everybody forever. The COVID cult wants toddlers, uh, five-year-olds vaccinated. The COVID cult wants all, and the COVID cult never, ever, ever wants to let this go. And I've told you guys before, the reason the COVID cult never wants to let this go is because if they let this go, if they move back to, if they go back to normal, if they just live their regular lives, then they have to admit that they were played and duped by insane politicians that just wanted to win an election. This is why they will never let this stuff go, right? And so this is what uh, former Surgeon General Jerome Adams, and he was the Surgeon General under Trump, by the way. So, you know, he's on CNN, and this is what he has to say about it.
3: I knew you were going to play that clip, and I got to tell you, uh, there's no other way I can put... put, um my feelings about that, then it was irresponsible. It was irresponsible. It was reckless. But I want people to understand how that happened. I've testified before Congress a lot. And there's a lot of theater there. They're trying to set you up to get you to say what you want to say. And you come in with your talking points. And the airline's talking points appropriately had been that the cabin is one of the safest places you can be with the air exchange. But what they didn't tell you is these were on mannequins who weren't pulling off their masks to eat. These uh, were considering people on a plane um, who aren't by choice unvaccinated. You've got people under five who are unvaccinated. And we also need to talk about the fact that many of these airlines aren't running these filters while you're sitting there on the ground. So you could be on the plane for half the time without the filters running. And so when you're on a plane, you need to wear a mask. The Southwest CEO, the American Airlines CEO, need to come out and say, look, if you want to travel, then we need to have these mask mandates on planes because they create a safe environment They create confidence. These folks are making record money right now because of these mask mandates. I was just I was disgusted when I heard that, but I understood how they were set up, how they were led into making these comments. And they need to be more careful next time.
0: He was disgusted. It is irresponsible. These mask mandates make people feel safe. These mask mandates that are going on right now, which, by the way, um, do not work. Um, Has anybody checked uh, the COVID numbers for New York and L.A. compared to the COVID numbers for, say, um, just pick any city in Florida? The numbers are the numbers explode. The numbers have exploded in the cities that are the most strict with lockdowns and mask mandates. Right. But now we're talking about the planes. There is nobody that wants only the most brain dead members of the COVID cult. Still want these mask mandates on planes? Nobody wants this. Um, it, it's just another hassle in air travel, which has become a hassle in and of itself. Um, you know, so I'm not surprised that you know Jerome Adams ran to CNN and he's trying to you know he's trying to rebrand after the Trump era. And look, I get it. You know, play the game. You're trying to do all this stuff. Um, but just this is deeply irresponsible and all this stuff. I mean, this is ridiculous. Okay. And there have been no stories about these, you know, just like huge COVID breakouts in place. And what is the difference, by the way? And nobody has still managed to explain this ever. Um, What's the difference between keeping the mask on all the time and then taking it off when you're going to eat or drink and then putting it back on? Nobody has explained this. Nobody has explained the fact that case in point in New York City, I was at Radio City Music Hall watching the Rockettes. I can do that without a mask on and it's fine, but if I go to a Broadway show I have to have the mask on all night. So it's all completely ridiculous. It's all theater. Nobody knows what's going on. And here in New York City apparently now at um uh, at one of the I don't know if it was the uh, the Metropolitan Opera or something like that, now they're going to start requiring booster shots um to be fully vaccinated. So look, um it's all crazy. It's all insane. I think these CEOs are on the right track. And then, of course, the Delta Airlines CEO rebuked him and told in so CNBC, I don't know that I agree with these remarks, particularly as we see Omicron continue to enter our country. Masks are going to be important as a safeguard for a while yet. And like I said, guys, we still do not even know that masks work. I don't know. I'm over the masks on planes. This is becoming more and more politically motivated. I'm going back to Florida. I do not know when this is going to end, whether it's going to be on planes or whether the cities that have gone COVID crazy are ever going to give this up. I do not see that happening anytime soon. Build Back Better is dead. So now Democrats are pivoting to voting rights. I will tell you what they really want to do to elections after the break.
1: Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith.
0: All right, I got some breaking news for you. Uh, Build Back Better is officially dead. You know, the thing that... All the Democrats ran to the cable networks uh, and, and said that if they didn't pass this, then people were just going to start dying on the streets. Well, that plan is dead. That cradle-to-grave government intervention, that radical expansion of the, quote, social safety net is now dead. And I'm going to get back to that in a little bit. But but first, Problematics, I have to tell you that there is a sense of panic among Democrats right now. These people are are panicking. Um, And I will tell you where it comes from, and I'll tell you what I sense. Um, These people are not getting what they want right now. What these people wanted, number one, what they crave more than anything else is power. Never, ever, ever forget that. Um, That anything that they say or anything that they do is motivated by the thirst for power that is undying and unending. That is what these people want. It is what they always want. It is what they will do anything to get but they're not getting what they want. And what they really wanted was not only the power, because these people have everything, right? They have the White House, they have the Senate, and they have Congress, and they have still managed to be a complete and utter disaster leading into year one of having the total control. But what they really wanted was for everyone to just roll over for their agenda. Nancy Pelosi and, and, and Chuck Schumer and, and all these people, they thought that all they needed to do was pull every stunt in the book in the 2020 election to re- to get power. And then as soon as they got that power, everybody with the D behind their name was just supposed to roll over for their agenda. What they did not see coming was people standing up to it. What they did not see coming was... Parents standing up for critical race theory, um, with they, against critical race theory. What they did not see coming was Glenn Youngkin um, taking Virginia. What they did not see coming was Joe Manchin and Kyrsten Cinema, which is why Build Back Better is now dead. Now, granted, you'll see people like Congresswoman Cori Bush, she tweeted against uh, Senator uh, Manchin that, you know, I think, what did she tweet about him before? You know, the, that one man shouldn't stand in the way of the Build Back Better agenda, you know, stuff like that. They protest. Remember, they got on the yachts. They protested Mansion on his yacht. Remember they followed Cinema into the bathroom and they videotaped her in the bathroom. And they did you know, she's a um you know, she was a lecturer and they followed her into the bathroom and they did all that stuff. And there was a video that I think I shared on my Facebook page of um somebody the a wedding that Kirsten Cinema was at that they ruined and they played, you know, all these bull horns and stuff like that outside of the wedding. So so all their little brown shirts um, tried to put all of this pressure on Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. Didn't work. So Build Back Better is now dead. So Build Back Better, this thing that they that they spent a lot of time running around MSNBC and CNN and telling you <clears throat> that if they did not pass this, then your children were all, go- all going to die. Um, basically, this is what they say. If they don't, if they did, they were saying if they did not pass Build Back Better, um, then there would be no relief. People are starting to get the sense, number one, that all of this monopoly money, that the trillions of dollars that they flooded the economy with has made everything exponentially more expensive. Just everything is more expensive right now. And I I told you that earlier this episode. People are getting the sense that passing these massive spending bills are contributing to what they're feeling right now, what they're feeling at the pump, what they're feeling um, at the grocery store, all of this stuff. And so now that Build Back Better is dead now, the Democrats and their and their lackeys and the mainstream media, the mainstream media, you know, they're in lockstep with these people. Now, now it's not about Build Back Better anymore. No, 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 no. Now it is about voting rights. It is about voting voting rights. Okay. And this is and it's so funny. Even on MSNBC, as you MSDNC, this propaganda network, as usual, literally. Two seconds on the Rachel Maddow's uh, shows blog, Dems try to create some momentum to pass voting rights legislation. Um, and so this is what they're going to call it. And I encourage you, Problematics, if you're listening to people talk about this or anything like that, do not call this voting rights legislation. Because this is not voting rights legislation. This is a complete federal takeover of Elections. These people want to nationalize elections. A couple of episodes ago, I either it was on this or maybe it was on one of my Facebook videos. I played um, one of the loonies, Jason Johnson. He was on uh, MSNBC and he was talking about how um, how Joe Biden needs to basically step in and make sure that voting rights are expanded. All of this stuff. So this is a push right now um, to radically to nationalize elections to take complete. Federal control of elections while they have power, and they're going to spend the next year of our lives calling anyone that has any questions about this racist, because that is their mo, that is their playbook. And I encourage you, problematics, if you're new here, I've done full episodes of this. We're on episode I think 102 right now. So I, and and there are full episodes that I've done on this stuff where I really did a deep dive into it and I really broke it all down um and I encourage you to get back and listen um to a little bit of that and so what this what is this really about this is about Democrats winning elections that's what this is about this is not about and, and by the way, you know they're gonna make this about black people this is not about black people and I've told you before this is not about black people and I will continue to say until I'm blue in the face that this is not about black people. Democrats get upwards of 90% of the black vote. Maybe, maybe we can knock it to 87, 88. I don't know. But Democrats are not worried about getting black voters. They got those. They know how to get those. They have been in these communities for 40, 50 years. They have bought off preachers. They have bought off Al Sharpton. They know how to get black votes. This is not about black votes. This is about illegal immigrant votes. There is no mistake that the southern border is thrown wide open at the exact same time these people are going to make their push for, quote unquote, expanding voting rights. And as usual, they will use blacks to push what their real plan is, which is to get all of the illegal votes they can possibly get. And when you look at what they're doing and when you listen to what they are saying about these things and you listen to what they're saying and look at what's going on in different cities in New York City right now. Um, people that are not citizens can now vote in local elections, right? So illegal immigrants in New York City can now vote in local elections. How long do you think it's going to be until they can vote in national elections in New York City? um in LA, right? in New York City, in LA in Philly and in, in Detroit, and all of these them machine run cities. Look at what. Gavin Newsom just did in California. I bet you probably did not even realize what Gavin Newsom did because it didn't get a whole lot of press outside of California. When Gavin Newsom won the recall, the first thing that he did was put a law on the books that required, quote unquote, every voter to be mailed a ballot. So, ma- universal mail in voting, mass mail in voting, this thing that did not exist at this level before the pandemic is now permanent in California. And New York will be next. And these are things that they want to pass for the entire country. They are going to talk in the language of voting rights. They are going to talk, in I believe it's called the John Lewis Civil Rights Act, of course, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. They're going to talk about this stuff in the language of civil rights. They're going to make this about Black people. This is not about black people. This is about weakening what it takes to vote so much that it barely even requires a signature and they don't even want to do a signature match. And so now if they weaken it enough to where they can get as many illegal immigrants as possible in and get these votes counted for Democrats and start harvesting those votes in the same way that they have harvested uh, votes from the African-American community for years, they know that they will never lose another election in any of our lifetimes that is what this is all about this is not about black people this is not about expanding voting rights these people are not altruistic they are not angry about because you had better believe if black people were voting for republicans you know in in 70 80 90 they wouldn't care this is about nothing but power and again who is standing in the way of this, Kirsten Cinema? Because Kirsten Cinema will not roll over to these people, and she will not let them, ab- you know, eliminate the filibuster, so that they can do this. And this is what they want because they do not have the votes to do this. These people want to eliminate the filibuster, and Sinema will not let them. And it's really funny, just looking at the MSNBC blog, how this is written. And so this is um, this is what she says. As things stand, cinema says she supports both the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Um, the problem is, of course, that the Republican minority won't allow members to vote up or down on the proposals. So why not create an exception to the filibuster in order to protect democracy? And she doesn't want to do it. Because she knows if we start making these radical changes that are politically motivated, mind you, by the party in power, if we start making these radical changes as to how things are done in D.C., then there's no telling and there's no real guarantee that when the opposite party is in power, they won't do the same thing. She knows this. There, there is There is a sense that she gets. So look- Kirsten Cinema is going to continue to stand in the way of this, and I hope that she does. But until then, problematics, look forward to about six to seven months of Democrats whining that any opposition to this ridiculous, uh, quote unquote, voting rights act is racist. And look at them and watch them use black people and watch them use black liberal commentators and watch them use black people yet again. So that they can use black people to push what their real true agenda is. And that agenda is weakening our voting standards so much that they will have the mass population of the illegal immigrants that they are now flooding into this country to vote for them. So that they will never lose another election in our history. And if that scares you, it's supposed to. Because this is exactly what they're doing, Problematics. Mark my words, you're going to be seeing it all over the next coming months. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow Problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, Robert Borowski, and executive producers, Debbie Myers, and speaker, Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly
0: beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce
3: you lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.